Sam Wells was serving his first church as an Anglican priest when he had a Christmas to remember. It was Christmas Eve, he writes, and a few months earlier I'd been appointed to a church that had about a congregation of about 15 people on a typical Sunday morning. We started quickly making plans for Christmas that year. I insisted, I insisted there be a midnight communion service. That was always the highlight of my Christmas growing up. No one in that congregation remembered ever going to church at midnight on Christmas Eve, but I still thought it was a good idea, he wrote. I set the time for 11.30 p.m. December 24th. We organized, we spread the word around the neighborhood, we put leaflets in over 3,000 homes. And then on Christmas Eve, 11 o'clock came, 30 minutes before the service, and nobody, nobody was there. 11.15, still no one. 11.25, still just me, he writes, and the bread and the wine. 11.30, no one. I tried so hard, he writes, to stop the tears from forming in my eyes. We are all waiting for something. We are all waiting for someone, something this Christmas. Hope, peace, perhaps a healing, forgiveness, an unexpected gift, a new beginning, or just someone to walk through our door. We are all waiting for something or someone this Christmas, but I believe behind all that waiting, behind all that waiting for something or someone, there is a deeper longing for God to come and, frankly, do something. There's this longing for God to come and show us, prove to us that we aren't alone. Aleppo, Berlin, South Sudan, Chicago, Caracas, Yemen, Nigeria, Egypt, North Carolina, and the streets of our own beloved city. There is so much evidence out there that points to a world that is devoid of hope, of light, of peace. There is so much evidence that seems to indicate that we are actually in this alone. So much evidence on the news and on the streets that causes tears to form in our eyes. But then, every year, Thanksgiving comes, and we stuff ourselves with turkey and get a break. And sometimes, soon after that break, too soon for some people, we turn our attention away from everything towards what is to come, towards Christmas. And for about a month or so, we allow ourselves to hope. We decorate our homes and our churches. We invite friends and family over to dinner. We buy presents for those we love. We get a bit give a bit more money away than we planned to. We write Christmas cards we hope people will read. And we sing songs, we hum songs to ourselves about peace and love and joy on earth. For a month or so, we hope. And then tonight comes and we get all dressed up and we come to church and we wait. We wait for God to show up. In his book, Between Parent and Child, Heimgenot tells of Andy, a 10-year-old boy, who asked his father one day a very strange question. He asked him, what is the number of abandoned children in Harlem? 
His father, a chemist and an intellectual, was so pleased by his son's curiosity that he responded with a very long lecture on the topic. I'm sure, kids, that's never, ever happened to you. He even looked up the exact number of kids who were abandoned in Harlem. Andy, however, despite the lecture and the details, was not satisfied. Okay, what is the number of abandoned children in all of New York City, he asked. What about the United States, in Europe, in the world? Eventually, Andy's father realized that his son was not concerned about a social problem. He was concerned about being abandoned abandoned himself. He didn't need statistics. He needed reassurance. Tonight is God's reassurance that we are not alone, that we have not been abandoned. In the remarkable story of this night, we remember that God dwelt among us in circumstances both humble and a bit humiliating. And this incarnation, this embodiment, shatters all our assumptions about God. We live day to day as if God is holy and other and far away, not ordinary and common and nearby, but there God was a baby born to a poor family on the run who had to rely on the hospitality of others to survive in a region occupied by a military power. For many Christians around the globe, this incarnation, this embodiment, this willingness of God to inhabit human form is history's hinge point, its turning point, the moment when we're given tangible proof that God actually loves us. And this reassurance on this blessed night is a wonderful gift to us. But I'm not sure if it's enough. None of us here, I'm guessing, have held the baby Jesus. None of us here have seen the risen Christ. None of us here have walked and talked with our Lord and Savior. For us, we we feel as if we have not seen, experienced, touched God in the flesh. And so we search and we look And we long for proof that God is still Emmanuel. God is still with us. A cafe in Israel has been offering a special during this past year. If you're in central Israel, it's a great special offer. A 50% discount to Arabs and Jews who are willing to eat together. With escalating violence in his region, the owner of the cafe in central Israel is attempting to bring people together over a plate of hummus. The sign he put up in his restaurant and posted on his Facebook page reads like this, scared of Arabs? Scared of Jews? With us, there are no Arabs, but also no Jews. With us, there are only human beings and real, wonderful Arab hummus and great Jewish falafel, and free refills on all hummus dishes if you're Arab, Jewish, Christian, Indian, etc. Special discount, 50% off on all hummus for a table where Jews and Arabs are sitting together. Hurry, only valid Sundays through Thursdays. I know it appears that hate is having a comeback. 
and that violence is taking a victory lap, and that truth has taken a holiday. I see the news, I read the paper, but all that violence, all that anger, all that fear that covers the front page and fills the 24-hour news cycle, all that stuff is simply not the dominant narrative. It never has been, and it never will be. The dominant narrative of human history, the dominant narrative of our lives, has been, is, and always will be that people like you and me, like Mary and Joseph, people like the wise men and the shepherds, people of every color and every creed, get up every morning and work and serve and love and care and forgive. We are the proof that God is still with us. We are the proof that God still loves us fully and completely, for we are the ones in whom God is pleased to dwell. Philosophers like to teach that gold is valuable, not because there is something about gold that is intrinsically of great worth. Gold has value because someone values it. And the same is true for us. We have worth because we are valued by God who took on human flesh, entered our world, and shared all our experiences, the joy, the the love, the compassion, the relationships, the anger, the sorrow, the suffering, and even the tears. The incarnation, God with us as one of us, is the miracle that makes it possible for us to see ourselves and to see others as members of one human family, the family of God. I am always overwhelmed by our capacity for love, even in times of hate. I am always overwhelmed by our capacity, by a person's capacity for forgiveness, even when they know they are wronged. I'm amazed by our capacity for tolerance as people, even when we are misunderstood time and time again. We and other people are the proof that God is still with us. We and others are the proof that God still loves us, for we and others are the ones in whom God is pleased to dwell. Now back to Sam Wells waiting in that empty church on Christmas Eve. As he sat in the church alone with tears in his eyes, he heard a rustling noise in the back of the sanctuary. He looked at his watch. It was about 11.32. The door opened. Into the church to walk a man and a woman about in their mid-40s. Wells had never seen them before. Is it just us? They asked. I'm afraid it is, he replied, totally humiliated. Oh, good, the woman said. We waited to see if anyone else would come, and we thought we'd be the only ones here. We walked on in. How do you mean, he asked. Well, she said, I guess you should know that we used to be married to other people until recently. There's a lot of people unhappy about us being together. We moved out here because we didn't feel we could go to any more churches downtown. In fact, we haven't been to church in a very long time. We were frightened to come tonight. But when we saw we'd be the only ones, we got the courage to walk through the door. Christmas is not just the culmination of a frantic season of shopping and baking and celebrating and waiting. Christmas is our opportunity to find hope once again for ourselves, but more importantly, for the world we live in. 
And we find that hope by remembering that we are all children of God, that we are all the place where God chooses to dwell. And this we is bigger than any religion or tribe. This we includes everyone. So as we gaze upon this child born on a stable floor, surrounded by the love of poor, peasant, teenage parents, may we recognize this night that no matter who we are or where we are or what we've done or what we believe or what we're waiting for, God is here right now with us, in us, and for us, showing us every single day through the gift of one another just how much we are loved. Amen.